When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to season three of the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And as always, we're here celebrating the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, I man? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. I uh, tinkered a little bit with this on the Christmas episode that I've been reading this uh, Would You Rather book. Nice. So there's 460. 68 or so of these would you rather's in this book pick a number one through 468 oh wow let's go 285 285 give me a second as i turn to the page 285 that's what i weighed in middle school okay would you rather <laughs> communicate in only in pig latin or sign language um uh well is the is it a prerequisite that i know sign language like sure. in this situation you, do i know can, sign language you're fluent in pig latin and you're fluent in sign language i go sign language sign language okay uh, next number, uh, 13, get stuck in a flatulence filled elevator <laughs> or in a kiddie pool filled with urine. Oh Ooh, man. I'm going to go fart elevator. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going There's no ad swimming in piss. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. In urine. So pardon my uh, PG 13 there. We're a family friendly, uh, <laughs> podcast. Okay. Next number. Oh wow. Last okay. One. Number three, the grand finale. All right. Uh, let's go with, uh, there's how many? 400 and something? 460. Let's go with 407. Let's jump to the back. 407. Turn your hymnals. <laughs> That's kind of a boring one. Go to summer school or traffic school? Traffic school. Traffic school. Oh my too. gosh. Yeah. Summer school's too long. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Traffic, traffic school's school. like a so day. Kind of a, a downer to go out on that, I guess. Yeah. All right. Anyway. I, went, I went to traffic school once and uh, the guy, I don't know if the guy was just over it or what, but he basically spent the whole time telling us how to like beat the system and not get tickets. <laughs> trick. Yeah. He's like, he didn't, it, 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 he didn't talk so much about driving safely. Yeah. And you know, I mean he did, but he also spent about half the time being like, no, I got to tell you, if you're only going about four <laughs> miles over, they're not going to mess with you. That kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, He's like, if you see a if you see a speed limit sign that doesn't end in a five or a zero, that's a speed trap. You got to watch yourself. Like, that's amazing. So he's like, I'm officer whatever from the police, and here's how to beat us. Here's a video on people dying in a car, yeah, yeah. and here's how to beat the cops. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. awesome. Now let's all go fart in an elevator. <laughs> well, I tell you what, everything I do got to be funky. No, oh, uh, I do oh. it for. For who? I don't know. For you. What? Yeah, I know. Right? Oh, my gosh. Go. All this time. I didn't but even I didn't even know. We are covering Brian Adams <laughs> somehow from Would You Rather to Bad Cop Stories to Fart <laughs> yes, Elevators. Sir. Yes. Speaking of flatulence-filled elevators. <laughs> Here's the uh, Brian Adams. Part. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That's right. Great, great. It's a long movie. It's pretty, it is. I, I honestly, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I saw it. A, saw it a long time ago. It's got Kevin Costner in yeah, it. For uh, those of you guys, and Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Wow, one of my favorite actress names. That's a great. It just name. just keeps going. And Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah, that's before. Like that was before in my life. Morgan Freeman was a thing. Yeah, and before he was president or God all the time. Yeah, he was just Little John, right? Was he Little John? Was he Little John? Okay, uh, probably. Yeah. it's been a minute. Makes since sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he wasn't Friar Tuck, I imagine. So no. he'd have been a little. He wasn't the bad guy either. No, no, no. That's the, the guy, sheriff. Chris, uh, is it Christopher Guest in that? No, that's Princess Bride. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> no, He's, no, it's the guy from it's, that plays uh, Dumbledore. Uh, that's yeah, plays, it plays in, uh, Snape. Yeah, Snape, it's, and, uh, uh, whose name I now can't. Immediately getting attacked oh, by the online Harry Potter sorry, community for not being able to call his name. Um, uh, Alan Rickman. Yes, that's yes, his yes name. Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah. He was a great. Slater's in that movie too. He is. Maybe Christian Slater's. Little John. I don't, I don't know. remember. Anyway, go watch the movie. Anyway, Morgan Freeman's in it. It's cool. It's a great song. Great uh, song. Yeah. I am. Um, yes. Anyway, I was about to get into another side story, but we were like Robin three Hood. stories off of the main already. So no, let's, uh, let's, let's get back on track. We're talking about great songs and this is one. That's right. Here it is. Everything I do, I do it for you by Brian Adams.
Kick in? Oh, yes. Bring it in, bass. Yeah. All the feels. Just give me all the feels. Good stuff. All of them. That's awesome. Everything I do, I do it for you. Written by Brian Adams, Michael Kamen, and Robert John Mutt Lang. uh, From two simultaneous albums, 1991's Waking Up the Neighbors and the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack. Uh, it hit number one in 16 countries. It's amazing. And spent 16 consecutive weeks at number one in the UK, the longest unbroken run in UK chart history. How about that? That's amazing. Like anytime somebody does something in the UK that that uh, was bigger than the Beatles or the Stones or U2, that's impressive. You know what I'm saying? I'm always impressed by that. And I'm impressed by the ability. I feel like this is going to sound... It's not easy to hit number one, but anybody can pretty much get to number one. But to get to number one and stay at number one for 16 weeks. 16, that's four months. That's amazing. I mean, that's sustaining power. Like a third of a year, he was at number one. Not just in the top 10, you know what I'm saying? Like the top spot. That's hard to do. Um, sold more than 15 million copies worldwide. It spent seven weeks in number one in the US, nine weeks at number one in Brian Adams' native Canada. Uh, shouts out to Canadian listeners, by the way. What's up? What's up, guys? How we doing? Thanks for listening. Uh, and Bill- don't worry, we'll talk on the uh, Canadian content portion of this song. Oh, there yeah, was some we controversy will. with it later. So you oh. Canadians, stand by. We got your back on this. Wow. Okay. Uh, Billboard ranked this the number one song of 1991, period. Uh, that's uh, cool. All right, cool. That's like, that's the year Nevermind came out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, okay. All right, Billboard. That's fine. It won a Grammy for best song written for motion picture or TV, actually written specifically for motion picture TV is in the category name, uh, and was nominated for record of the year. Other nominees, Baby Baby by Amy Grant, Something to Talk About by Bonnie Raitt, Losing My Religion by R.E.M., and your winner, you want to know what beat all of those? What beat Baby Baby, Something to Talk About, Losing My Religion, and Everything I Do, I Do It For You? I feel like the win is kind of gimmicky. It was unforgettable, the duet version oh, between Nat King Cole yeah. and Natalie. Yeah. It was where they had, they digitally imposed her sure. on her father's recording. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool. They did it with Hank Williams Jr. and Hank Williams Sr. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a very cool thing to do. But I feel like over time, that win feels a little bit gimmicky. Absolutely. Because, yeah, this is a fresh song. This, yeah. You know, this is for the year. Right. And And that song, I mean, that song is going to be, both of these songs are going to live forever. Unforgettable is going to live forever. Everything I do is going to live forever. So it's just a system of bad timing for this year that the Unforgettable remake came out this year. Because anytime when you put that out and it's the first time anything done like that, it's going to win. Exactly. It's a great concept, a neat idea. Yes, exactly. It was the, uh, it was the dancing hologram. Tupac yeah. of yep. its day, yep. you know it's what I mean? Good. But more feels than like that. that. Um, it was also nominated for an Academy Award for Best Song, uh, but it lost to Beauty and the Beast. Mm. An- another bad take, I think. You know you know how I know? Because you're not hearing Beauty and the Beast on the radio. That's, yeah. You know what I'm not saying? Much. Yeah, like, not like this. this like, is good. in the moment, it was Peebo Bryson and Celine Dion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, it, and they delivered powerhouse performances. But long term, in the light of history, uh, I think this probably should have won. But whatever. I mean, Beauty and the Beast was a landmark of its own. So, whatevs. Uh, what do you got? That had something to do with the success of a Disney movie in Beauty and the Beast being better oh, than the, absolutely than yes, the Prince of Thieves. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 Beauty and the Beast was a landmark Disney movie. It was the first one to use computer animation. You know, blah 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 blah. So yeah, I think there was a lot of hype around Beauty and the Beast 
on the whole, you know. Um, yeah, Kevin Costner is a much better pitcher and uh, baseball <laughs> fanatic and wolf dancer than he is an uh, arrow shooter. <laughs> yeah. In my, in my you know, there was uh, there was the there's the spoof movie Robin Hood Men in Tights, Men in tights with the guy from Mel Princess Brooks. Bride. Yeah, Carrie yeah, Owens from Carey Princess Owens. Bride. Yeah, yeah. and they made fun of him. Uh, you know, he one of his lines even in the trailer for that I think was he said, you know, unlike other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. Yeah, it's that good. was the whole deal on yeah, Kevin Costner so is good, yeah. like everybody's British except for him. Well, I guess Christian Slater, he didn't speak with an accent either, right? It was this sort of weird mishmash of certain people had accents and certain people didn't. I don't know if Morgan Freeman did or not now that I think of it. So it was like, why? You know, like- (laughs) Put forth the effort. Very strange. It's like, it's set in Nottingham. Like it's literally, if you look at a map of England, Nottingham is dead center in the middle of England. So why, what are all these Americans doing there? Yeah, Robin Hood's Prince of Thieves from Kansas. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Anyway. uh, We do like you, Kevin Costner. Oh yeah, I love, let's come hang out. Come be on the show. Does he play music? He's not one of these guys. He does play music. Does he? He he actually played at the Ryman, believe it or not. No kidding. He's one of these guys that does the the music thing. He has a band. One of the Billy Bob Thorntons of the world. Very similar. Yeah. Maybe we'll get Billy Bob Thornton on in the future. I think we we may have to reach out to him. Teaser? Question mark? Maybe. (laughs) The uh, video for this, as we're talking about Kevin Costner, is Brian Adams playing in the woods out there yeah. with clips from the movie that there is one clip in the movie the one of the main things where the fire the arrow with a fire hits the thing behind and it explodes yeah on the movie you can watch it and you can even watch it on the video he flinches before the explosion because he knew it was coming and they were doing it. so if you do it in slow motion you can see him like flinch <laughs> and then like a second later is when it actually That's explodes funny. And uh, Brian Adams, this song's in D-flat, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> but on the video, Come he's on. playing in C with no capo. So he's either tuned, tuned up, up a half, a half step? step or he's yeah. just out there airbanding it. I mean, he's airbanding it anyway, but yeah, in the woods. Maybe like bar chords didn't look cool, you know, yeah, for the video. I guess. I guess. And maybe he forgot his capo for the prop, the one thing. And then he's like, we're in, interesting. The, we're in the woods and I don't have my capo. I'm still going to go ahead and record the video. <laughs> or maybe the director rightfully so was like, put that capo away. Put that away. away. That's Looks right. stupid. That's right. We'll tell everybody you tuned up. Yeah. And maybe he did. Maybe he did for the actual recording. I, I'd be interested to know. I, I had not thought about that for some reason. Brian, but. did you tune up to play this? Because if yeah. I would have saw it, he was holding a guitar, I would have thought he would have tuned down and played it in D. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that's just what I would have done. True. But I'm not Brian Adams. You're not Brian <laughs> Adams. Neither am I. Uh, Brian Guy Adams. Maybe it's Guy. It's He's awful, Canadian. That's an awful middle name. Um, Brian Guy Adams. Hey, Guy. Hey, Guy. What are you doing there? That's what I call everybody who I don't know. <laughs> How you been, Guy? It's good to see you again there. Uh, born November 5th, 1959. Not a spring chicken, Brian Adams. No? That would put him at... Uh, Fall see, chicken. That's going to put him at... Winter chicken. What? 60... Seven sixty, something like that. At this point, no, it'll be a nine because he nineteen fifty nine. So bad at math. We're in two thousand eight. We're in eighteen. I mean, so anyway, somewhere sixty nine. He's, he's not. He's, yeah. old, he's, old. <laughs> he's He's not young anymore. Um, but he's always felt young. You That's know what I'm true. saying? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's it's. I mean, even at this point, he was thirty two. Um, but he looks young. And, and this was cool like, haircut. yeah, this is like the beginning of the biggest part of his career. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, he's always looked young. Like his music just feels, it has a young energy. Um, anyway, by the way, also not Brian Adams, the WWF slash WCW wrestler, also known as crush from the tag team demolition and not Ryan Adams, not Ryan Adams. other singer who got, he got, did you hear about the show that there was the fan that was yelling play 69, no. play summer of 69. And he like went off on the fan and they ended up having to like cancel the show. Cause what? he was so, he gets it all the time. People show sure. up thinking that they're seeing Brian Adams. Oh my gosh. Or do it just to make fun Ryan, of him. Like, I guess. And it like, yeah. So, anyway. wow. So the fan got kicked out and he caused a big scene. It's you know what though? We talked to, we talked in season two about uh Doug Stone, country singer, who was originally named Doug Brooks and changed his name because of Garth Brooks, or maybe Brooks and Dunn, or maybe <laughs> Diamond like, yeah. Rio. I was like, yeah, because of Kick Brooks. Kick yeah. Brooks. Uh but uh it's but but he had the common sense to change his name. Like I kind of feel like part of that's on Ryan Adams. That's right. If you're gonna be a singer named Ryan Adams, you gotta change one of those. You now become Ryan Kashnovsky or something. Exactly. You're not Adams. Yes, yeah. yeah, forget it. You're not Adams anymore. You're Ryan, yeah, Ryan Jones. Um, so yeah. So yeah, not either of those. This is actually the Brian Adams that you're thinking of, uh, probably. So really we probably didn't need to go through all that. But, but that was fun. Uh, it was nice. 
Um, his first hit was in 1983 with cuts like a knife. And this is one of the, I'm going to go ahead. I have just some general thoughts on this song and this is going to take me to the first one. Does cuts like a knife sound like it came out in 1983? Yeah. Does it sound that old to you? Yeah. To me, it, man, it does not newer? to me. If everything about to me. his, his music to me feels kind of timeless. It doesn't fit. It's not, um, is it because of the thickness of it? Because it's real I think well it's produced. because it's just straightforward rock and roll. It's guitars and pianos mm-hmm. and not much more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Bass and drums, guitars and pianos and vocals. It's not um it, it's not swayed by the production whims of the era. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like his stuff in the eighties isn't synth heavy. Okay. It doesn't date it to the eighties. His stuff in the nineties, you know, he didn't go through a dance phase in the nineties mm-hmm. or, you know what I'm saying? Like his music always sounds like Brian Adams and it always, that's, that's well you know said. what I'm saying? It sounds consistently the same throughout any his career. band can cover Brian Adams, any era, you know, cause if you've got your guitar player, your piano yeah. player, your bass player, and your, like any band can do it. You don't totally. have to have tracks and, and right. other things that's good yeah it's like um it's just it always just sounds like rock and roll you know what i mean like um and so his 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 songs from the early 80s like cuts like a knife or even uh heaven is that what it's called just mm-hmm. heaven um it they sound just about as fresh as his stuff from you know the late 90s it's you know what i'm saying the the toms might have a little more reverb or you know just some little things like that but they don't sound like new wave you know, mm-hmm. um, which I think is to his credit. He just writes great songs, delivers a powerhouse vocal every single time, and it always just sounds the same. It's kind of neat, too, that he knows which songs work for him because, and we can probably talk it later on Meet the Band with him and Jim Valance. They were writers, you know, yeah. for other for other people. They wrote for Aerosmith and Bachman Turner Overdrive and that kind of stuff. So they're able to go a little outside of the Brian Adams sphere true yeah but for the stuff he writes for himself it sounds brian adams yeah so. it's true and that is a th- that is a thing for for songwriters it's good to know what song is yours and what is for somebody else mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's to good. be able to differentiate so that you don't end up with an album that is like eight different styles mm-hmm. and wildly different it consistently sounds like you you know and what sounds like you know whoever you're trying to write for it's a good yeah good point uh, so yeah, his first hit was in 1983 with Cuts Like a Knife. He has won 20 Juno Awards as Canadian. Um, I say Canadian Grammys because we're American. In Canada, they probably say, oh, the Grammys are like the Juno Awards, the American mm-hmm. Juno Awards. Um, 56 nominations, by the way. 15 Grammy nominations and countless other awards. He's been awarded the Order of Canada and the Order of British Columbia. Um, his first top 100 hit in the United States was with a band called Sweeney Todd and the song Roxy Roller. Did you listen to oh, this? I didn't know. I know he was in that band, but I didn't know they had a hit. Yeah. And okay. So you can, you can listen to it on Apple music. It hit the top 100. Uh, this is Roxy Roller by Sweeney Todd featuring Brian Adams on vocals. So some different. I didn't expect it. I, you know, some different. That doesn't sound like a Brian Adams song. That's true. You know what I mean? That's that sounds Sweeney like Todd. seventies rock. That's Sweeney Todd's nineteen seventy seven. Um, and uh, though this song isn't co-written by Jim Valance, uh, many of his top songs were. They met in nineteen seventy eight and are still writing songs together. Um, to this day. So um, this one written by Michael Kamen, who was the composer for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the movie and uh, Mutt Lang, who is a writer producer. Um, We'll talk, talk about him a little bit more in a second. Do you have anything else on Brian, the writer? Uh, I've got just some Brian Adam facts. You want me to save that for Meet the Band? Or you sure, to yeah, yeah. Save, save it for Meet the Band. Okay. We'll go ahead and talk about the writers. Uh, Michael Kamen, just a little bit about him. He won the Grammy for Best Pop Instrumental Performance for the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack. He beat the John Williams Star Wars trilogy. Wow, all the trilogy. The trilogy. That's amazing. Like in 1991 or 1992 maybe was when the actual award went out to him. They said, this... <laughs> 
this is better than the whole Star Wars trilogy. That's amazing. I feel like I feel like award shows are often victim to a little bit of um, recent recency bias. I think recency it's the, bias. Yeah. yeah that's, so like uh, that's yeah. funny that you mentioned that because when we're recording this, we're going to release it in season three, but we're recording it in the end of 2018. Last yeah. night was arguably the greatest Monday night football game in the history of Monday night football. The Rams played the Chiefs. It was 51 to 57. So it's wow. the only time a team that scored over 50 points has lost, and everybody's saying it's the greatest game ever. I saw that on Twitter this morning. Yeah. I didn't know anything about the game. I assumed they must be joking. No, I assumed it, it must have been terrible. 51 to 57. Jeez. Or 50, I'm sorry, 51 to 54, because they had a chance to tie it with the field goal. It was crazy. The most po- It's like in the top five most points scored ever. Only time anybody over 50 scored. But they're saying, everybody's saying it's the greatest na- game because it's so recent. Right. Like, if you were to go back and look, surely there's been another regular season game that's better. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, re- recency bias. I blame. That's what I blame for. I mean, congratulations. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But at the same time, come on. Yeah. The Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. I mean, Michael Kamen, he did some stuff. I, I did a little bit on him. He also did the score for X-Files. Mm-hmm. And he did some stuff with your resume. It's Pink Floyd and Clapton. But other thing I thought he needed is he did the score for The Three Musketeers. Oh. Which the reason that's neat is that's the saw or that's the yes. soundtrack that has uh, all uh, for love, all for love, which is another Brian Adams, yes. in, uh, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. Sting my uh, goodness, the production on that song, everything about that song is amazing. He also did the soundtrack to Don Juan DeMarco, where Brian Adams had the lead single uh, to "Really Love a Woman." Okay, so like they must have developed Good kind of buddies. a partnership, yeah. Uh, which is very cool. Mike and Brian hanging out. Michael Kamen was also uh, involved in the soundtrack to the first X-Men movie, and okay. he was credited in the X-Men soundtrack as Michael Kamen, like X-Men. Oh, X-Men. K-Men was his, was his credit on the, on the soundtrack. I thought that was cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Mutt Lang. Uh, you may know the name if you're, if you're familiar with, at all, with music producers and writers. Uh, especially in like rock and country, you may know the name Robert Mutt Lang. Um, Robert John Mutt Lang. Robert John, quote unquote, Mutt Lang. Uh, that'd be awesome if it was actually Robert, quote unquote, John Mutt, Mutt Lang. Lang. Yeah, yeah, like his real real name real was name Mutt. His name is Mutt, but we call him John. Yeah, like, he was just so ugly when he was born, you know. We just, <laughs> we just named him Mutt. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is just a little bit, I, I was doing some research, but I got stuck on the first paragraph of his bio. Okay. Uh, and I did not get any further than this because of the rabbit hole it took me down. Um, I'm going to start kind of the middle of the first, first paragraph of his bio. It says, um, okay, he's worked with a ton of artists, including ACDC, Britney Spears, Def Leppard, Foreigner, Michael Bolton, The Cars, Brian Adams, Huey Lewis in the News, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, guy's done it all. Okay. Worked with everybody. Uh, but what he's most famous for, probably, uh, or at least most the gotten the most notoriety for he also wrote and produced songs with his then wife, Canadian singer Shania Twain, her 1997 album, come on over, which he produced is the get this. I can't believe this is true, but if the internet is to be believed, which is the best selling country music album of all time, the best selling studio album by any female act and the best selling album of the 1990s and the ninth best selling album in the United States, Period. Wow. Holy cow. Let me read that again. Shania Twain's (laughs) 1997 album, Come On Over, which was produced and co-written by Mutt Lang, is the best-selling country music of all time, period. Garth, George Strait, Johnny Cash, Shania Twain. Doug Stone. The best-selling studio album by any female act, Lady Gaga, Madonna, Beyonce, Whitney Houston. (laughs) No, for real. It's huge. The best-selling album of the 90s, period. Never mind. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, period. (laughs) Doug Doug Stone. Stone. (laughs) And the the ninth best-selling of all time in the United States. That's amazing. That, friends, is insane. I feel like a... I mean... That's crazy. So... So on the way on the way up here to record, uh, I thought, okay, that deserves a listen. Sure. That information yeah. alone deserves at least a browse through this album. I was not a Shania Twain fan. So okay? if you call Rob right now from this moment is going to be his ringback. <laughs> exactly. Home. Yes. I think um, what was the song? Was it from this moment? Might have been the like theme of like my high school homecoming dance mm-hmm. or something. I think. Um, but okay, so. Here's what I noticed about this album. First, it's got some major hits. It was also 
here's here's what I'm here's what I'm discovering. If you want to be an all time legendary artist, what you need are two consecutive huge albums. Okay, one that is the album that blows you up, mm-hmm. right? And is the album that that. Um, um, put you on the charts that puts you on exactly and that makes you a big artist and then the follow up has to blow it out of the water massive right and if it's actually good enough to sell some albums then you're a legend you go uh, bad thriller thriller bad exactly yes so, thriller, thriller bad, bad and you're done and you're set right you, anything anything I mean, that you do the bar kind of high on that yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're gonna go but, but that's the concept yes. <laughs> yeah if all you gotta do just make thriller and bad and you're set <laughs> that's right all you gotta do is make the number one or two selling album of all time and then follow and then it up follow with it up with bad top, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but here's, okay. So she's got, man, I feel like a woman. Um, she had come on over, which apparently was big, but I didn't know. Um, and, uh, she had, you're still the one, uh, that don't impress me much. Okay. And so those are, were all big songs for her. Right. But here's what I really noticed about this album is the number of exclamation points in song titles. Okay. <laughs> okay. There are, let's see, 16 tracks okay. on that album. And there are one, two, three, four, f- five, six. Oh my goodness. Six exclamation points. What would, in, man, I so feel like a woman. Man, exclamation yeah. point. I feel like a woman, exclamation okay, point. Um, that don't impress me much. Does that one have? Nope. One? Uh, if you want to touch her, ask, exclamation point. Um, rock this country, exclamation point. Whatever you do, exclamation point, don't exclamation point like and that's the other thing i noticed about it was that they like writing a lot of those man i feel like a woman whatever you do don't uh that kind of stuff point, like those counterpoint yes exactly um anyway but that that album is the top selling female album everything i do i do it for you not me <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes everything i everything i don't do i don't not do it for you um is that right anyway so that's a little bit about Mutt Lang. I literally did not get past that in, to, to learn more about him because I was so dumbfounded by that half paragraph. By any fact about Shania Twain. Yeah. That kind of took us down that. It just, it did impress me much. It did. It really did. <laughs> Congrats to Mutt. Congrats to Shania. Enjoy your pile of money that you sleep on every night. Goodness gracious. Jeez Louise. That's a good segue. Let's meet the band. <laughs> let's do it. Hey, let's meet the man. It's time to meet the man. Hey, mama, let's meet the man. Let's all meet. We're going to meet the band of Doug Stone. And then, <laughs> just kidding. We're going to meet the Brian Adams band from uh, Everything I Do. Um, and notably some on the Waking Up the Neighbors album, too. But um, Brian Adams, lead vocals, guitar, piano. He uh, does some harmonica and hand claps and foot stomping on the album. So we'll okay. give him some credit there. Um, his first record contract was for a dollar. Whoa. Um, he wrote this, Big money. this hit, which is probably his biggest hit, in 45 minutes. Um, and we'll talk more about, wow. obviously, the song as we go along. Was great friends with Amy Winehouse, and he is apparently a pretty aspiring photographer. He took her album cover picture for Lioness, which is her most popular one. He took that photo. Brian Adams. Brian Adams took that picture. Wow. He also took a picture of Queen Elizabeth that became a stamp. Huh. That's like photography at its finest and as a result of that he was put on a stamp because he took the picture of queen elizabeth that became the stamp so good job on that um top gun wanted the movie wanted the song only the strong survive um for their for their big big moment on there but he is so against war that he wouldn't let any of his songs be used in top gun I feel like that's very Canadian. Of that him. is, it is very Canadian. Which Man, I got. So they went with Danger Zone. So they went with Danger Zone. Wow, because they didn't. He wouldn't let them use their song. Crazy. So. What did he stand for? Something. Kenny Loggins, huge fan of Brian Adams. Good <laughs> no job, kidding. good job, Kenny Loggins. Um, him and Michael J. Fox went to high school together. Really? That's pretty neat, right? Wow. Good job, Michael J. Um, and then, oh, well, that's enough on Brian Adams for now. We can hit some more on him on lead guitar and backing vocals. Keith Scott. Um, he was with Brian. He's still with him today, but he's been with Brian Adams since '76. It's a pretty good long Jeez. time to stay with somebody as yeah. Brian Adams' guitar player. Yeah, like, I mean that's before his first contract. His mm-hmm. before his, his his first contract was in 1978. So he's so, been with him since '76. So before then, um, friends, man, played a 1960 Strat most of his career until this song. Everything I do, I do it for you because he had a that he played an Orange Gretsch, which is. In the video, it's awesome looking guitar. Um, and as a thank you from Gretsch, um, he now they have a um, he's got his own Nashville Keith Scott Gold Top 
signature series as a thank you from Gretsch for making their guitar line bigger because of this song where wow. he plays that guitar. Man. So that's pretty neat when Gretsch gives you a thank you. So here you go. Yeah. Here's a thanks. So we'll we'll make your own line. That's cool. Pretty neat. Good job, Keith Scott. On drums, uh, Mickey Curry. He played on Hall & Oates' Private, Ida, Private Eyes album. Um, only uses Yamaha drums. He's married to his high school sweetheart, Susan, and together they live <laughs> in Connecticut where they were both born and, born and raised and maintain, in his own words, a ridiculously low-key, non-rock-and-roll lifestyle that involves a lot of baseball games and riding my lawn tractor. Mm, that sounds well, nice. There you go. I know. I guess you, you make a couple big hit albums, and then you just go watch baseball and Heck yeah. ride around on your big green tractor. That's awesome. Uh, on piano, Bill Payne, he co-founded the band Little Feet. Um, okay. The, the Dixie Chicken's probably their biggest hit. Um, and as good a compliment as you can get, Elton John says he's probably the greatest blues keys player ever. So wow. for Elton John to say that about you, then you're Pretty good. Solid. Also played with Bonnie Raitt and the Doobie Brothers. Um, on bass guitar, Larry Klein. He's mainly a jazz bass guy, but also played with Peter Gabriel, Bob Dylan, and Don Henley. And most notably, he married Joni Mitchell. So ah. he's Joni Mitchell's husband. Cool. I don't know if he still is, but at one time was. Um, so that's the definite band that played on this track. Um, other mentions that are on the album, but not necessarily on this track, they don't get the credit. Um, Dave Taylor played bass on the rest of the album, just not on this. And Tommy Mandel played keyboards um, on the rest of the album, but not this song. Played with Cindy Lauper, Clash, Dire Straits, and B-52s. And we talked a little bit about Jim Fallis, Valance. He's not on this this track, um, but you can't do a Brian Adams episode without mentioning him because they were such a great duo together. <laughs> um, neat story how they connected. Adams was with that Sweeney Todd band and wanted to go solo, but he was very inexperienced, so him and Jim Valance formed this songwriting duo where they met at a record store, both knew of each other, but had never really met, just kind of knew of each other. And they began writing for, like we said, Bachman Turner Overdrive and, um, you know, Aerosmith and about everybody. They did a lot, a lot of stuff with other people. So that's, uh, that's the Meet the Band section on yeah. this wonderful track. We met that band. We did meet that dra- great guitar solo by uh, such a singable guitar solo. That's one of my favorite things about this is that it's so minimal. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of, not a lot of notes. Let's play a little bit yeah, of, of that anybody section. Anybody could write this solo. Yeah. But the the way, the sustain of the note. Hold it, anyway, just listen. Yeah, this yeah. is good. Let's take a listen. This is the... Um, this is Keith Scott. This is after the bridge. I'm going to come back and talk about the bridge a little bit. But this is after the bridge. Um, here we go. just so tasteful you know like that's just um just so good by the way i just realized we added an extra decade to brian adams age he'd be in his late 50s at this point um he's not as old as eric clapton which is what he would be if he was almost 70 are you sure no if he was born in 1959 so 60 right so 60 to the millennium puts him at 40 90s 08 18 6 60. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. See okay. what I'm saying? Okay. So uh, that's how bad we are at math. We love is that math. even after figuring out, we still had to make sure. I pulled out my, <laughs> we started counting. Yeah. So everything was, everything about that solo is perfect. It's, it's minimal, it's clean and it's perfect, which is, the, it, it goes the opposite route of most rock guitar solos, right? That's most rock really guitar solos, you hit the distortion pedal and you play as fast and as you, you can. play a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one is like, I don't need to impress you at all. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the woods with my bros. <laughs> exactly. Here's some notes for you, trees. Exactly. And you know what? He won made Marion's heart with that solo. He did. That's I right. really believe it. She comes swooping in, or he comes swooping in, grabs her, yeah. hoists her off with his yeah. three notes, yeah. and there they go. And they go. And I, I believe it's a Strat, right? No, so, that's the Gretsch. That's the that, one, oh, that's, that's the Gretsch? That's the one that okay. plays on there. So. Okay, all right. Um, I didn't know if that was him playing the lead or if it was somebody. Okay, yeah, that's the lead. That's the lead guitar player, Keith Scott, playing the solo, playing the on, on that. Playing okay, the all right, I'm with you. Um, 
sounds amazing. The tone, everything about it, it's, it's like a rolled off treble, kind of a warm tone with tasty delay, big reverb tail. It's just, just gorgeous. Everything about it is just beautiful. Um, literally could not be more perfect. One of my favorite things about it, other than the first note, just that first extended note, uh, is the last little thing where it kind of pouts, right? For guitar players, if you're listening, that's what it sounds like if you use a, a string bend, but you strike after it's already bent. And you're bringing it back down. And you're bringing it back down, right. That's a, It's kind of a blues move. You know, you hear it a lot in... And the thing that know. makes that note so good is the way Brian Adams' vocals come in on top of it, I yeah. think, with the pout down and him with the... Ah! Yeah, yeah top of it. Like, man, yeah, we have we haven't even mentioned Brian Adams' voice yet. Goodness gracious. as an instrument of goodness, but he has. We I, I, I've said I think for my money, probably Steve Perry is the is the best rock voice. Um, but Brian Adams is up there. He's got was- everything you could ask for in a voice, and I don't know how he does it. Like he's been doing it since the '60s, and. His voice should have been shredded at 35. Been, and he pushes the boundaries of his upper register on the regular. A lot. And I told Rob I saw him live at the at the Bijou in Knoxville, and he's probably the best live vocalist I've ever seen, or at least up there. And it's just strength. It's him. It was, I saw him with a guitar and a piano player, just the two of them. And it's just powerhouse all the way through. Man, it 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 sounds like it sounds like his his voice is poked full of holes. Like by cigarettes, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just so gruff and yet so tender. You know what I mean? It just he 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 does everything. I don't understand how he's able to do what he does, but man, is he good at it? Oh my goodness! He's singing like he is on the cover of the album. For those of y'all that don't have yes. waking up the neighbors, he's leaned back, belting out all he can through a megaphone, and that's how I feel like he brings it every time. Truly, like every song, he's like, "I'm going to sing as hard as I can with as much as I've got." Yeah, he, he just—I don't know. His his voice is just really something else, and I don't understand how it's as durable as it is. Um, I want to circle back a little bit to before the guitar solo and talk about um, the bridge and go into the, just a little bit of music theory on the bridge. So let's, let's go back and take a listen. We're coming out of the chorus into the bridge. Uh, and then let's talk about it. By the way, maybe the three greatest piano notes in rock music history. It's so good. Boom, boom, boom. And the way it sets off the rest of that next section. Anyway, okay, so we are in the key of D flat, if I can break out my trusted piano. Okay. Everything I do. Whoops. Nope. Nope. That's what I get for trying to play left-handed. I do it for you. Okay. Now, so we're that is the root. Okay, that's a D flat chord. Uh, now, we're going to go... In in heading into the bridge, it starts on the flat seven chord. Okay, so that's going to be a B natural chord. There's no love. Okay, then it goes to the four of that. So it's a temporary key change. Okay, let's just call it that. It's simpler. If we say now we're in the key of B, then it goes to the four of B, which is an E chord. Like your love. Then back to the one and no other. To the five, which is an F sharp or G flat. Could give more love. Then we're going back to D flat. There's nowhere. Okay, so we've gone from the from the five of the five of the of the uh, previous chord of the previous, previous key, key becomes the four of the new key, right? So we're going There's nowhere. Then to the five of the new key, A flat. Unless you're there. Then we're going another key change a up point. a whole step to E flat. All the time. We did the same move. The, the five of the last key becomes the four, four of the, of new, the key. new key. Okay. All the time. Then up to the four of this one. All the way. Yeah. 
Mad which props is, to Rob for hitting that note there right, on yeah. the tutorial section. What's up, ladies? Uh, then that is the five of the original key so that by the time we get to the instrumental interlude, we're back in the original key of D flat. Uh, the five of that. The five of that key would be an A flat, by the way. Right, an A flat. So in other words, to spell it out, we're in D flat. Okay, we're in. So it goes key change to the flat seven. B. Okay, B, E, the four. B, no other could give five, which is the four of D flat. A flat, which is the four of E flat. Then back up to the four A flat, which is the five of D flat. Bum, 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 bum. Just incredible. Brilliant, brilliant. Like we're gonna do an we're gonna do an eight bar bridge that's in three different keys that are all a full step apart. We're How gonna, weird. We're just gonna run a big circle around and end back up at the place we started. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like uh, so cool. I just love it. And then the way it the way it sets up the interlude, the guitar, you know, just uh, just beautifully done, lads. Well done. Well done, everybody. Uh, you got any other notes on the song on on Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? I got one little note that I talked about this uh, this album, and namely this song is what made this album so popular. But it's noted for creating the cross the controversy. We touched on it a little earlier on the system of Canadian content. Now, in order um, the in this when this album came out, Waking Up the Neighbors came out in '91. So then, in order to qualify as Canadian content, like a piece of recorded music had to reach reach two of these following four criteria okay so to be part of canadian content it had to, to reach four and then the reason it's important to be part of canadian content is to win like juno awards and right. to win stuff in canada yes and it was there's law in canada that says like a certain portion of the music that is played on their radio here's the four and, criteria okay so like here's the four it was either the artist was canadian mm-hmm. the track was completely recorded in canada the music was entirely written by Canadian or Canadians, or the lyrics were entirely written by Canadian or Canadians. So this did not meet uh, all, two of the two four. Of it only met one of the four, uh-huh. but it won a bunch of stuff in Canada. Interesting. Um, because, and Brian Adams was the one that kind of disrupted this system mm. and, like, kind of, so he's credited with the controversy over the system of Canada not being, you know, what it is. Quite a strip. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, so anyway, I thought Interesting. that was kind of cool. And this album is what kicked it off. It was in 91. Other big tracks on this album, which is a really good album. Can't Stop This Thing We Started is awesome. And Do I Have to Say the Words? Those are two of the other hits that, you know, hit, crack the top hundred. But yeah, um, so good job for Brian Adams uh, pushing the envelope there on that and fighting for it. I, I thought it was interesting on this album that it's track 12. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's that's true. It's kind of buried. Yeah, it was a long album, fifteen tracks on yeah. this album, and it's twelve. That's good. Yeah. That's interesting. I would have thought maybe not, maybe not first track, but definitely in the first four, I would have popped this somewhere. Uh, yeah, I'd have put it early, or I'd have put it last. You mm. know, it's kind of true. The, a lot of times, people you yeah, know, the go the, home the as go the, the big ballad single. Yeah, yeah. it kind of gets ma- it kind of gets buried in there. And this is not one of my favorite Brian Adams albums. Full disclosure, it's uh, there's those three hits is about it. But there's a lot of what I would call filler stuff between the hits and especially around this song, there's nothing. Mm. So that's kind of interesting. Good point that you put that out. I like that. I just thought, yeah, I thought that was odd. Um, but, uh, man, Brian Adams, I'm telling you, he's got, he's got tons of good rock hits. Like he's a, he's a rock and roll hit maker. Um, you know, we, and we talked about him last season. He co-wrote, um, the Joe Conker song that we did toward yeah, the, the end of season two, comes. when the night comes, you know, even stuff that, is is not his is great for some for some other people. I love it when you know people are able to when people have their fingerprints not just on their own stuff but it's like, "Oh, really? They worked on that?" You know what I mean? She did whatever. That's, you know, I just love that. It's so cool. Much said, much respect. Yeah, and I mean, we even toyed with doing Summer of 69 last year. Yeah. We talked about it and told y'all we were going to so forgive us. This is our makeup for that. That's right. But uh we've each had it was so funny that Rob's like I'd like to do this and I was like yes because I I mean every time I, I I walked into a restaurant the other day and it came on we were talking about it and it's like 
It's powerful. Yeah, you know, instant it, feels. Instant feels. That's good. So, instant feels. He's got a ton of this all the way through. Speaking so. of instant feels, I've got one more thing that I want to talk about, and then I'm and then I'm roll it. I'm, I'm, I'm tapped. I've got two crappy covers that don't really even merit mentioning. Okay, Brandy's is okay. Brandy's is okay. It's okay. It, yeah, it's, it's not it's, awful, but it, when you've heard the original, it's tough for me to get behind Brandy's version. Yes, and Fatima Mansions has an awful one. But go ahead. <laughs> well, I thought. Uh, uh, Brandy's was cool. David Foster produced it and it's softer overall. It's kind of in yeah. the R and B vibe, you know, it's Brandy, but she does a good job. There's kind of some weird sounds out of nowhere on the second verse. Um, but, um, yeah. Anyway, give she, your- <laughs> Oh, you know what though? I did make a note to, to listen to this because of the way that she delivers the hook at the end of the second chorus. Uh, I just want to hear if you heard what I heard, um, and see what you think about it. So here's, here's just a little bit of, uh, Brandy's version of everything I do. Okay, so full disclosure, when I was here, when I listened to it in the car, it sounded different than it listened on the headphones. Uh, it didn't sound like she fully ate enunciated four, and it really just sounded like she dropped an F bomb. When I was listening to my car, I burst out <laughs> laughing because it sounded like I do it F you. Um, and so it was funny. Didn't sound the same when we we're listening on the headphones. Maybe wherever you're listening through it, I don't know. Um, but it, it doesn't actually sound that way in real life, turns out. That was just. That was just me having to see. The I did ears. like the uh, the acoustic guitar part in the back. So oh, I hated the acoustic guitar really? part. I didn't mind it. I like the weird, uh, the nonsensical, weird. funky guitars. Bounum, bounka, bounum. Like I don't mind the acoustic. Didn't guitar, make any but. sense, but uh, anyway, okay. But the the one other thing that I wanted to talk about in in this, and you don't often uh, always hear this uh, on the radio uh, when they play everything I do. I do it for you, but there is an extended jam section. Uh, at the end of this song that is, you know, on the original, on the original version. Yes. Um, that like once the song is over, that makes the song six minutes and 34 seconds. Yeah. So he, he brings it to a close. Everything I do, I do it for boom. And there's the end of the song, right? Most of the time when you hear it on the radio, that's where it ends. But if you listen to a good radio station, really cool minor four chord at the end too. Yeah. On yeah, I'll die for you. Yeah, that's solid. Um, so it comes to a close, but if you listen to a good radio station that really cares about music, they're going to play you this whole thing. And let me just tell you, it comes in with that piano riff. Um, it comes in with that piano riff that, that introduces the, um, introduces the, the interlude. Yeah. And it starts at, and that becomes actually a rhythmic motif for the whole band. Other than that, it's just a jam. It's just playing. And I'm telling you what, man, it's darn near church. You know what I'm saying? That is, that's ultra time. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like let's 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 we're going go. Bleh. This is exiting. Yes, this is. Let's exit. go out on this. Yeah, that's okay, good. we'll send everybody out on this. Thank you so much for listening to the Great Song Podcast. Listen, we got something new for you for season three. We're branching out, trying some different things. So it's time. Listen, it's beyond time. You've asked for it. You wrote <laughs> us handwritten letters with like you know red wax seals that said we want the merch. People banging their fists on tables. People painting their chest with the logo. Yeah. And we're like, no more doing that. Disrupting Whoop. sporting events on camera with the big, you know, great GSP song. GSP yeah. and all this stuff. B- banging their fists on tables. We, where's the merch? So we got it. We got the merch, okay? Go to greatsongpodcast.com and you could get your own Great Song Podcast merch. We got t-shirts. We got hoodies. Listen, it's hoodie season as we record this. It's cold outside. We got all the good stuff. We got some funny shirts. I think my personal favorite is the Jerry Rafferty shirt. Uh, Jerry Rafferty's become a recurring joke because I mistook a Jerry Rafferty song for a Journey song. And so we've got a great shirt of, it's Jerry Rafferty, big name Jerry Rafferty with a picture of Neil Sean from Journey. That might be my favorite. I don't know. We, yeah, we've got some good stuff great. though. We got, um, and we'll hopefully be, be bringing more. It's mostly, you know, just quotes and running jokes from the show. So if you want to support the show, that's it. They're, they're just people who want an, a way that they can support the show. Podcasts are free. Uh, you know, we, we pay to make this. We pay to bring this to you. And we're perfectly fine to do that. But if you want a way to give back, then you can go to greatsongpodcast.com. 
click on the merch tab and get yourself some merch and that'll send us a little bit back. Send us to, a picture of yourself wearing oh, we would some love merch nothing more. someplace doing something rock and roll. Absolutely. Wear it, tag us online and and we'll we'll get a DM to you. We'll we'll call you on the phone and and just say thanks and shoot the breeze for a little bit. Find out what your favorite song is. Um so yeah, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for bringing us to season 3. We we just we love you guys so much. All across the world, folks are listening to the show and and we can't say thank you enough. So, uh Let's we're going to take you out. Jam out with, with Brian a little, and the gang. A little church. Just lift your hands wherever you are <laughs> unless you're driving. I see you back there. I see that hand. I see that hand. Uh yeah. So, until next time, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music. <laughs>